Northumberland 89.7 is CFWN, truly local radio, serving Northumberland County, a not-for-profit volunteer community radio station. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we bring you Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty. And that is your local real estate forum, where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. Today, co-hosting with me is a familiar voice to Reality Realty, Catherine Gissing. Catherine is the owner and operator of Sage Relocation Services and, as I mentioned, a regular co-host of this show. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Dale. So what's new with you, Catherine? Gosh, what's new with me? Um, Not liking the cold. Looking forward to spring. Yes, I I went outside today. well, I was still in my jammies early in the morning, and it was pretty bitterly cold out there. Uh, we're we're used to we're already used to a very warm winter. Well, and getting warmer. If we can just hang on till the weekend, yeah. I hear that it's going to be really really wonderful. Which is going to be great for real estate. Yes. Uh, good weather. <laughs> nice good, segue, Dale. <laughs> yeah, good winter weather is always great for real estate. So. Catherine, what do you have lined up for us for today's show? Well, today is actually a really great day, and we've been looking forward to our guests for a couple of weeks, and with their uh, very kind consideration, they've rescheduled at least once for me. So today we're going to talk about Habitat for Humanity and its affiliate, Restore. And the reason we're doing that is because late last year, Um, observant people in the community might have noticed that there was a bigger and brighter restore on Division Street at 764 Division Street in Coburg. I see it myself every day when I drive back and forth and finally I took the time to actually drop in and find out what they do and to donate items. As, As we've talked before, my company is very involved in downsizing projects and when we downsize, inevitably we have things that need to find new owners and so we are regular contributors to Restore, but it was only recently that I took the time to actually find out more about Restore. And so today's conversation is all about that. We're going to find out really what Restore is all about. We're going to start with finding out about its parent organization, which is Habitat for Humanity. We're going to find out how their fundraising and home their home building efforts contribute to our county. And we're going to tie that back, in, that back into how their efforts play part of the real estate picture in our community. And so if I were to describe at a summary level what both those organizations are, they're both social enterprises. They're both connected. They both cooperate in terms of what they do. And so we're going to talk a bit about what they do individually, but collectively and how they contribute to our community. All right. Well, Catherine, I think we better get right down to business because you have a, you have a thorough agenda for us here. Mm, I do, but can I I start by actually welcoming our guests? Sure, absolutely. So we're going to be hearing today from Megan McDonald, who is the Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity, and Maggie Loken has also joined us, and and Maggie is the manager at Restore, and so people that drop in at their location in Coburg will more often than not see Maggie and have questions perhaps they might want to ask her. Great. Well, ladies, welcome, welcome to Reality Realty. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and Megan is no stranger to our show. I've she, co-hosted you've before. You've co-hosted, yeah. But you know, yeah, that was with Dave Smith. It was. I was going to say I always was replaced. Like I was co-hosting in your place, Dale. Yeah, I know. I know. We've never been in the room at the same time. I, I was I was out of the country when that happened. Yeah. Because there should have been a law. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, and that was great. And I actually, I actually listened to that show when we were driving back home to Ontario, and uh, you were fabulous. I did okay. You were oh, satisfied. You, you, you were fantastic. Okay, good. Dave Smith, on the other hand, I know he took advantage of me being not in the studio with him, and I was thrown under like you know what they say, thrown under the bus. I was thrown under the bus a few times by quite Dave. a lot actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no role in that. You no, know, and and you didn't, and and I I I completely see that, and you didn't defend me. Oh oh yeah. Yeah, I you know. Oh, calling me out right here <laughs> on, <laughs> on live radio. Well, let's let's get down to business here and take a look at snapshot, which is a look at today's residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County, and there have been over there have been a hundred single family residential sales over the past month. And that's an increase of three sales uh, from last week's report. We're left with an inventory of 180 residential listings for sale in our county. And if we take a look over the past year, the average selling price of those successful sales was approximately $347,000. So people that successfully sold over the past year, they received approximately 98.5% of their asking price, and they sold in a market time of 44 days. Northumberland County is in a seller's market, and we've been very familiar with being in a seller's market for a couple of years now. And we have an absorption rate, which increased once again, and it increased to 56%, and that's based on the past month's trend. So... 56% and unless you're in the real estate industry that might not mean much to you traditionally speaking anything below a 15% absorption rate would be considered a buyer's market between 15 and 20% would be considered a balanced market and anything over 20% is traditionally considered a seller's market well we're far beyond the 20% we're at 56% So if you've heard these numbers and you think this is interesting, I'd like to write it down, but you didn't get a chance, I post these uh, statistics at the end of every month on my social media. So look me up, Dale Bryant Real Estate, on either Facebook or Twitter or Google+, and you'll be able to see a summary of the past month. I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. You will not be able to access List Central because List Central is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, this is the kind of information that you'll want to know about. But you won't want the general information, you'll want to know about it area specific the type of home you're looking at and the price band you're looking at so talk to your local realtor and they'll help you understand this information and how to make the most of it mortgage rates today the we have a five-year fixed as low as 2.59 percent and that remains the same as last week and we have a five-year variable as low as 2.1% and that all also remains the same and these mortgage broker these mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with the broker financial group and that is your current snapshot of today's residential real estate market in Northumberland County and this is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me co-hosts guests of the show or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors or any real estate brokerage or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. Well, Catherine, let's get started on the meat of today's show, Habitat for Humanity Northumberland and the Affiliate Restore. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start by saying that my interest originally was Restore. And as I started to speak to Maggie at Restore, I realized that it's actually a much bigger picture. It's a much bigger story. And that really in order to understand what they do, 
we really need to step back and understand what Habitat for Humanity does. And mm-hmm. so uh, we've invited Megan McDonald in to tell us a little, about, a, bit, a little bit about Habitat for Humanity. And I think that's a starting point for our conversation to get a, an overview of what they do, what their mission and vision is, what they've done in our county. And then we can tie that back into the day-to-day operations of Restore and how they're affiliated with them. Mm-hmm. So Megan, I'm going to start by just throwing it out to you and asking you to tell us a bit about Habitat for Humanity and what they do, who they are and what they do. My favorite subject. I expected that. That's (laughs) why you're here. (laughs) Um, So Habitat for Humanity's vision is a world where everyone has a safe and decent place to live. That's where it all starts. And so Habitat for Humanity here in Northumberland County, we are your local Habitat for Humanity. We are one of 56 Habitat for Humanities across Canada. And as you guys probably both know and everyone knows, Habitat for Humanity is actually one of the biggest charities across the world. We operate in over 70 countries, um, and we are making a difference in the lives of people every single day across the world. Habitat for Humanity Northumberland has been here since 1998, and our goal is to break the cycle of poverty through affordable home ownership. That's what we're aiming to do. And so, as I said, we've been here since 1998. We have, as of December 23rd, 2016, served 50 families with that mission. So we actually handed the keys over to our 49th and 50th families two days before Christmas mm-hmm. last year. And uh, which was pretty exciting. So we are we've served 50 families through affordable home ownership. Yeah, pretty pretty nice to go into the Christmas season with your brand new home. Yeah, exactly. And so people always wonder, well, how does the Habitat program work? Like, what what is it? And so it's based on this concept that was created by our founders, um, Millard and Linda Fuller, in 1976, which is the Fund for Humanity, and it's the idea that a community comes together and helps a family build a house. The family works alongside the community to do so. And in building the house, that's volunteers, that's donations. The house is built. The family then purchases that house, and they're able to purchase a Habitat house because we offer uh, favorable financing in the sense that it's an interest-free mortgage, there's no down payment, and all the payments are geared to income. So families are able to afford a Habitat mortgage because of those three things. And Habitat actually holds the mortgage. So we're able to offer those directly to to our partners. So I have to say right up front that if I didn't already own a house, I'd want to be talking to you. <laughs> and so I think the most pressing question, the most obvious question is, how does somebody qualify to be a, a partner or a member with you? So there are three criteria that uh, local families need to, to meet. And I, I have to be very clear. I keep using the word family. Um, family for us can meet any definition. It can be one person. It can be multiple people. It's not multiple generations. We just, that's our term. But so a family qualifies because they have a need for affordable housing. And that need can be in a couple different ways. Um, families are r- renting and often they're paying way too much in rent. Um, or the housing is not meeting their needs, uh, either from an accessibility point of view or it's not in a good condition or they can't find a place to rent because I'm not sure if you guys know, but right now we have a 0.4 vacancy rate in our rental market. And ideally you want your rental market around 2%, 0.4. So people can't find a place to live. So they have to have a need for affordable housing. They have to have an ability to pay back that interest-free mortgage. So there has to be some sort of income. But luckily, we're able to work with incomes that traditional financing can't. So Ontario Disability Support Pension or things like that, we're able to work with those kinds of income sources. And then most importantly, they have to have a willingness to partner. They have to be willing to work with Habitat to to really achieve their dream of homeownership. We're just the vehicle through which they're achieving their dream. Mm-hmm. We're just supporting them to it. So is their willingness part of what you would refer to as sweat equity? Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah, so every single Habitat homeowner puts in 500 hours of sweat equity, so time into either the construction of their home, the construction of other homes, in the restore, into the Habitat program as a whole. So they put in that 500 hours, that's their investment into the creation of their future. So you mentioned earlier that some of these homes are available to people who have disabilities, who may not have the same employment opportunities or the same income stream. So if if I'm interested in being a partner with you and I have a disability, how do I provide sweat equity? So we actually cater the sweat equity to the needs and the abilities of the families. Um, Because as you said, we've actually created fully accessible homes. So we can, sweat equity can be done in so many ways. It can be wielding a hammer, which is the most traditional way. It also can be sitting in our office 
office and helping us do mailings or um, helping. Uh, it can be looking after kids. It can be, you know, so that so that another parent can be out there working on the site. There's so many ways that sweat equity can be done. The most important way for the most important thing of the sweat equity is that we get the family engaged. Everyone in whatever cap capacity they, right. so they can do. Right, so lots of ways and some creative thinking about how everybody can participate then. For sure, because the whole concept of sweat equity is that investment, getting getting the family involved. And so if, if, if someone has a disability that doesn't allow them to wield a hammer, we still want them to be engaged and involved in the house mm-hmm. to the same extent. And so I guess the next question is, how does somebody actually get on the list? And what is the length of, the, the list to be considered as a partner, as an owner with you, and, and how long would that list likely be? And, and, and what's the criteria? Yeah, so it's we've actually really tried to streamline the process. So someone can actually fill out an expression of interest. They can do that either by coming into our office and filling out one page, or do, they can do it right online, comes into our email inbox. And the expression of interest basically gives us a snapshot of the family. And we look at it and we go, okay, do they meet the basic criteria, those three kind of key things that, that I laid out? And if they do... That's when we go into a full application. We don't want families to give, have to fill out eight pages if they're not going to meet the general criteria. Um, so people can do that anytime. They can fill out an ex- expression of interest anytime and get it in. Um, at that point, we then go into a full application and um, and we look to see if they meet the criteria and if they're going to be a good partner and then acceptance. The time period from submitting an expression of interest to acceptance can be a can be months. Um, but right now, we currently are kind of finalizing our, our families for this build season, but we are already looking for families for next year. So the wait is not as long as people think. If people are applying and being accepted right now, it could be for a home as soon as 2018. And, and Megan, how many homes do you project you'll build in 2017? I can tell you how many homes we project to build in 2017 to 2021. All right, go ahead. Um, and I can say that because we actually, our board of directors just passed our strategic plan for the next five years. Mm-hmm. So we are aiming to serve 10 families a year for the next five years, which is 50 families. Now, five of those every year is through building affordable home ownership. So that's five every single year. So 25 in the next five years is how many homes we plan to build. Um, we also run a Renew It program, which provides uh, low-income families with uh, the funds to be able to do repairs on their home so that's how we are that's Mm -hmm. the other five that we're trying to serve so this year we're going to build five houses but we also are hoping to distribute five renew it loans and complete five repairs to serve a total of 10 families in the community and so when you say community what's the geographic area for that we cover all of northumberland county um this year our our of our five builds four will be based in port hope um, and we're hoping to do one in Brighton as well. And then our Renew It program is actually wherever the applications come from, and we're mm-hmm. finding a lot of them are coming from the Trent Hills area, where we traditionally haven't had a lot of builds, so that's been a really great way for us to engage with, uh, with the Trent Hills community. And now if somebody's listening, Megan, and they're thinking, okay, a home could be built as early as possibly 2018, it's not necessarily that you have a lineup of, of 20 names already and, and you're in a long list, is it? No. And that's the, you're right. That's one of the biggest mis- misconceptions about Habitat is that we have this long waiting list. Be- and I've asked families, I said, what, what was your hesitation in applying? And, and a lot of them have said it was, it was too good to be true. I, I didn't think I could ever own my own home. So, so we do find that there's a lot of barriers, um, those kinds of barriers for people applying. So I always say, submit an expression of interest. If, you, if you're even interested, submit one. You may qualify and you may actually, before you know it, be someone that has a chance to own their own home. There's one more thing I wanted to add um, that I, is, if that's okay. Can I throw it yeah, in? That's okay. So one of the one of the things that gets me the most excited about Habitat and why I still work here um, is that in that cycle that I was talking about, where the where the community builds the house and the family purchases it, the whole reason it can continue is because every single mortgage payment that a family makes is invested into the fund to build the next house. So when you're looking at how do we raise the money to build five homes in a year, right? Some of that comes from donations and fundraising. Some of that comes from some government partnerships that we've secured for this year. But at least a quarter of that is coming from the mortgage payments of all the other families that are making those payments every this year is helping to build those five homes. And so that is the most empowering part about Habitat in the sense that 
we as a community are able to give a family a hand up to affordable home ownership, right? They do it. We just help them. But then through their mortgage payments, they're actually giving that same hand up to the mm-hmm. next family. So it's really that pay it forward is what I love about Habitat. Yeah, everybody is so invested in the entire system. It's quite an amazing system, isn't it? Yeah, I, I yeah. love the whole model. Well, and we dedicated, when we dedicated our home on December 22nd, there was at least 10 other families there, either living in that neighborhood or from Port Hope. Like this was uh, one of our homes on Alexand- two of our homes on Alexandria Drive. There were 10 families in attendance, right? It truly has created a community of support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're at 20 after 11. We should take a small break. Folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break and we'll be continuing to talk about Habitat for Humanity's affiliate uh, restore. We will, we will finally get a chance to hear more from Maggie and I know she's looking forward to it. I can... <laughs> I can see a little roll of the eyes, but it's it's all going to be good, Maggie. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Looking to change your mind? Grab a cup of curiosity and join me Thursdays at 12 noon for conversation with cutting-edge thinkers that invite you to think differently about yourself and the world. Update your thinking, the Jan Sprague Show, here on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Why not come out and enjoy a fabulous movie-going experience at the Rainbow Cinemas? Playing February 10th to February 16th, the Lego Batman movie, rated PG, no free passes accepted, Fifty Shades Darker, rated 18A, The Space Between Us, rated PG, and La La Land, rated PG. Rainbow Cinemas are in the Northumberland Mall, 1111 Elgin Street West in Coburg. For showtimes, call 905 372 2444 or visit rainbowcinemas.ca Want some spice with your bacon and eggs? Join me, John Holland, for the Saturday Morning Show right here on Northumberland 89.7. I'll let you know what's going on throughout the county and bring back some memories playing some of the greatest hits of all time and some of your personal favorites. So let's grab a morning coffee together and make it a date. That's the Saturday Morning Show with me, John Holland right here on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant, Catherine Gissing, and our guests today are Megan McDonald. Megan is the Executive Director for Northumberland's Habitat for Humanity, and we also have in the studio Maggie Loken, and Maggie is the manager of Habitat's Restore. Where did we leave off, Catherine? Well... I, I've got to tell you, I actually personally learned a lot this morning, a lot more than I even expected that that would be part of this conversation. And even in the break. Even in the break. And in the break, we were talking a little bit about what happens when one of these build projects is actually finished, whether or not it's just handed over to the family or whether or not there's an opportunity for the community actually to see the product. And so I'm going to hand that back to Megan to talk about that. So... Um Probably the the most anticipated days in our calendar year are the dedication days um, for that exact reason. So that's the build's done, we're ready to go, and we get to hand the keys over to the family. But when I say we get to hand the keys over to the family, this is what I love the most. It's the community. So um, whenever we have a dedication ceremony, first of all, anyone's invited. But what we do is um, right before uh, right before we hand the keys to the family, we actually make a circle. And every single person there gets to pass the keys from person to person to hand them to the family. Because every single person has helped that family achieve their dream. And, um, and then the family gets to open the door, invite us all in, and gets to give us a tour of their home. And that's often when you see that pride of ownership, right, that you, you forget sometimes that is such a privilege and such a wonderful thing to see. You see the kids running saying, hey, you want to come see my bedroom? You want to come see mm-hmm. the color I picked? Which is often could be an interesting color. Um, 
that's what it's all about. So I hope you're able to join us for one. We're going to do five this year, so we'll have lots of dedication ceremonies to get everyone out. Well, put um, me down. I'm coming. Perhaps wonderful. all five. <laughs> excellent, all five. excellent. So and I love the idea of handing the keys from person to person because each of those people involved are people that have actually contributed towards building the house, as I understand. And I want to ask you a little bit more about that because yeah. how do people in the community become involved if they want to contribute labor or materials? And what kind of training might they need? Do they have to worry about health and safety issues? All those things. Like if I am just a Joe person, and I am in the community, and I've never wielded a hand a hammer before in any meaningful way, then am, am I the kind of person that you're looking for? For or, sure. Or like what do you need as a background? For sure. Nothing. I mean, if someone comes to us with construction experience, we don't say no. Ah, it's wonderful. That's great. But... There's no experience needed. When I started working for Habitat for Humanity 10 years ago, I did not know the difference between a Phillips screwdriver and a Robertson screwdriver. And I remember someone sending me for one, and I was like, hmm, am I looking for a person? I have no idea what's happening. You learn. That's the whole point of Habitat in the sense that through that process, volunteers get to learn. And that's in the on the build site. That can be in our office. That can be in our restore. We really do engage our volunteers because we want to provide them with skills and the opportunity. So people can come to us with no skills and we will work with you. Then presumably you have skilled people on site who do some kind of transfer of knowledge. They do some kind of formal training. Yeah. So we have a construction manager who has been doing this for Habitat for over 10 years. So she understands how to build a Habitat house with Habitat volunteers. But she also has a team of more skilled um, crew leaders, we call them, that are able to support our volunteers and sort of teach them the new skills. And we always say the Habitat way is you might come out, you're going to come out and you're going to learn how to do siding. Awesome. So you do it for a day and two days and maybe on day three, you're the one teaching the new volunteers because because when you're getting into it, you really do learn and, and it's that quick transfer of knowledge. So anyone can come out. This year, we're going to be having some really exciting kinds of builds. We're going to have a women build week where we really focus on, on female empowerment through the build. We're going to have a youth empowerment week um, where we really hope to get our young people out and engaged in the program and learning skills. Um, so So anyone. So you asked, how do you do, how do you start, right? What, do you have to get trained? How does that all work? So we, um, it's really easy. You can sign up online. We're actually revamping our training system right now. Everyone does have to be health and safety trained, um, but we've actually had a wonderful community member help us create a video to do that as well to help so that people can do that in the comfort of their home online. We haven't launched that yet, but that's something we're going to be working on this year. So you sign up online to get started. We contact you and we sort of say, hey, let's get you trained. Where do you want to work? How do you want to get involved? How do you, and when do you want to start? Well, I'm coming out. I know. And, <laughs> and Megan, here's here's an idea. You can take me up on this if you would like. But uh, if you would like to use Reality Realty as a vehicle to announce when you have a new home. Uh, Done. Yeah, just just let me know, and we can uh, make an announcement, and then and then the community uh, has a chance to go out and be part of this ceremony, and and they just might get hooked. Oh, it's, well, there's actually a term called habititis, yeah. um, and you see people catch it quite often, and yeah. it's it's quite exciting. So put it down in, in whatever form you need to to remember, and uh, we'll, we'll make those announcements it's for you. It's in my brain, and I promise yeah. I won't forget, okay. Dale. <laughs> An offer like that I will not forget. Good idea. So I want to bring this conversation back to our original intent for this program, which is really to help our listeners understand what Restore is all about. So now that we know the foundation of what Habitat's all about, I'm going to ask Maggie to explain to us what Restore is and how it's connected to Habitat for Humanity. Um, well, the Restore, it, it accepts uh, new and used building materials. Um, and we sell them in the Restore. And... So I'm going to ask you just a few things about that. So if I have new or used materials, can I just drop off anything at Restore? Like, do you accept everything? No, we don't. We have a, a list that we have of acceptable donations. Um, some of the donations, if they need to be repaired or they're just in disrepair, something that would you would put in the landfill you, that is not usable. Mm -hmm. We do not accept that. Anything that is hazardous materials, we do not accept. Of course. Um, hazardous materials or clothing that's more of 
a different mm-hmm. type of thing. But we do new and used building materials. Yeah, and, one, well and one of the one of the things furniture. that surprised me about Restore is that I thought it was just building materials, and when I walked through, I found to my surprise that it's actually so much more. It's mirrors, it's lamps, it's furniture, yes. tools, yes. tools, a little yes. bit of everything. So is that a new direction for the organization? Um, yeah, typically we used to just do, originally it was just building materials, but we've spread out now and we're taking with a larger store. Of course, we, we have the room that we can accept um, large furniture, appliances, um, and we're set up to accept kitchens. We'd love to have um, if someone's getting a new kitchen, we would love to have their old kitchen. Um, just good used furniture. Yeah. So yeah. now, what is the preferred process? As, as the store manager, if I have product that I think might be suitable for Restore, do I connect you with you first of all and say, look, this is what I'm looking at, at providing? I know that there's a list online, but it doesn't always answer some of the, the gaps. There may be things that are may, maybe not on that list, or maybe I'm not really sure about the condition that you're, that's acceptable. Should I reach out to you first of all, maybe with information, maybe with pictures, or do I just simply turn up? No, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we love having phone calls ahead of time. Um, we sometimes what speeds the process up for both the donor and us, um, we get, we accept emails. They can email us their, um, picture of their product. They wish to donate. It helps us qualify whether we can take it or not, mm-hmm. or if we have room. Cause sometimes we're just, we might have too much of one product and we just might be a little swamped in one item. Yeah, so when I, when I go on the floor, can I assume that the majority of the inventory is on the floor, or do you have a warehouse in the back where there's extra no, th- stuff? No, unfortunately, we don't have a warehouse. Um, we process our stuff. That's where most of our room is. Um, in any of our back rooms, it's our processing of where we qualify what we can put on the floor. It's our pricing, our cleanup, um, you know, of our acceptable donations. So everything is pretty well on the floor as you see it. Mm-hmm. Ma- Maggie, you talk about the... The building itself you're in, and uh, the process, and you got that back room where where things are processed. What do you think, uh, new building compared to old building for that? Uh, oh my whole goodness! Processing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It's it's such a joy to work there now. Yeah. Um, we were quite cramped in our old building, and it was you know it was like a cha cha. We had to move things to you know before you could work on something, you had to move a skidier there. Everywhere here, we've got all the room in the in the world. It's great. It's fantastic, yeah. and a yard. And and I've been to a few restores in other communities, and I think I think Northumberland has the flagship store. I think we do too. We have we're really proud of our store. It's always a work in progress, but I have an amazing team who keeps it up to date and keeps it clean and user friendly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So. We, and we just talked about it a little bit. You're, if you walk into that restore, you're not just going to see used items. You're going to see brand new items. How in the world do they get there? Oh, we're very lucky. We have, um, sometimes it can be ends of lines, overstock. Um, we have some corporate donors who are very generous to us. Um, and you just never know where it's coming from. It could be just um, the public. They have something they bought too much of or whatever, and, you know, they had a building they were going to build, a garage they were going to build, never got around to it. They're selling their house. Guess what? You know, they need a place to put that product, and what are your answer? What, what, Maggie, would be maybe the highest ticket item you can remember seeing on the shelves of the ReStore? Wow. Um, We've had some pretty good ones. I mean, we've had some great kitchens that have gone through that are a high-end product. Like when you say kitchens, you mean uh, a complete set of cabinets. Com- yeah, absolutely. Countertop, yeah. appliances, the whole bit. Like we don't usually do the appliances, but sometimes if it just fits and it looks amazing, we'll yeah. do the whole the whole thing. Soup to nuts, you can go in, and all you have to do is supply the, the room for it. And wow. you could have a kitchen. Yeah, and yeah. and and then we ta- uh, Catherine was asking about uh, the product and, you know, how to get it to you as an individual. Uh, and then you have the corporate donors you're talking about and businesses. How often will we see uh, um, new, new material, new stuff in the store? And if I'm looking, if I say, hey, I got some renovations to do to my home in 2017, 
how often should I be going through the store to be able to catch this sort of thing? And I, I bet you that's a tricky question. It is. Um, I could say daily. We just never know. And that's the beauty of the ReStore. Every day we could have, it could be a lot of uh, private donations, which could be any th- anywhere from furniture to building materials. Other times it could be a corporate donation. And that could be daily, could be weekly. Sometimes, you know, we go through a bit of a dry spell, but it's, you just never know. It's the beauty of the beast. And we, with the corporate donations, it can be anywhere from, right now we have a bunch of bags in there, brand new um, backpacks and such. Oh, I noticed that. I yeah. thought that was odd. I know. And it's just, we, it's not something we typically carry, but why would we not? They're brand new and they're high-end items. So, and it's a great deal for the public. Well, then, then leads me to another question. What's the strangest item you've ever seen in the ReStore? Mm, the strangest. Oh, we've had some buttes. Um, um, I don't know. I think one of our best, I will I'll go to, um, we actually got the Pan Am beds, a lot of Pan Am beds. So we had, Neat. we moved, I think 200 and, I think it was 230, maybe even more of the single mattresses along with the bed frames that would be the mattresses only would have been used for a few days because they came from the village so i mean typically we don't take beds but in this case they were they were brand new yeah right so that would probably be one of our coolest like it was different because we didn't it was in the old store it was in the transition of the two stores that we kind of got them. <laughs> so it was like, where do we put them? And, and <laughs> so it was tractor trailer loads. How many, how many beds did you say that was? Oh, I think I was, I took two tractor trailer loads at least. Um, so it was over 200 and probably 250 beds. And how, how long did it take to get rid of those beds? Uh, surprisingly not too long, a couple of months. It wasn't uh, that bad. I mean, we had a lot, we had storage. We had to store them, but, uh, I had one guy who bought 130 beds. Wow. I was just going to say, ask her how many wow. he sold in one day. That was the best day ever. Yeah, that would have yeah. been a high five day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can I see any of these products online, or do you invite? Do you encourage people to come in to see the products? We do. We don't. Unfortunately, we can't put everything online because it would. that's just a full-time job for a team. Um, but we do feature them every week. We have um, a weekly flyer that go- comes out online as well. And um, and then we do list on Kijiji as well. Hmm. Good to know. What about the, the builds for the partner families? Do they actually use product from the ReStore? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, um, they will come in and purchase for their new, their new house. We see them all the time. They come in and it's you know, a great way to, sometimes if they want to fix something up or not fix something up, but have a project, they might see something in there they like and, you know, it's a place to start. So, so when there's a partner family, would there be, would it be similar to, um, buying a, a new home from a developer that there's a base model and then you can upgrade and, and if they see some, say they see a, a bathroom vanity that's an upgrade in the restore, they they would buy it then and replace it. it is that how it might work? Yeah. So, so when people ask how do we build our houses, we always put our money into the stuff that can't be replaced. Which, as a real estate agent, you know that's that's mm-hmm. that's the value, right? So, so we we build incredibly. Um, energy efficient homes we insulate them we we build with the best framing materials so that they're solid so then the finishes that we put in are are generally as you said kind of the contractor grade finishes because those are the finishes that can be replaced over time over wear that don't require a lot of change to the house right and don't acquire require a lot of expense so yeah that's exactly kind of if families in the future we've seen families you know five ten years down the road have decided to come in and uh and um change their bathroom vanity, the ReStore is a great place to do so. Mm-hmm. Well, they, and they'd be some of the people that be most familiar with, with the ReStore because they're part of the family. They're part of the project. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to hand this back to Maggie and ask what kind of products ReStore would like to see more of. Oh, well, what we can never get enough of are kitchens because everybody's renovating their kitchen, what to do with their old kitchen, and, and they love to come to us, um, whether they're revamping their kitchen their kitchen current kitchen updating because we get amazing kitchens in sometimes um they could be putting in a basement apartment or a basement 
who knows what, man cave. We could we love to see the kitchen cabinetry. Um, also, furniture, uh, large appliances in good working order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can never keep those in stock. Yeah. Now, do you pick so. items up? Yes, we do. We have two ways to donate. Um, we do have a drive-through donation center, which is so user-friendly now compared to our old place. Um, also, now we have uh, we also have a truck that's on the road. Um, we have to we have to call and make arrangements with them. Mm -hmm. But uh, the fastest way is through our drive-through donation center. All right. Well, we're we're at break time again, folks. You've been listening to Reality Realty Northumberland eighty-nine-seven FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we'll continue to talk more Habitat for Humanity, the Restore, and we're going to touch on how how the Habitat for Humanity works within the community in the real estate market don't go away well that washer quit again well i don't know what to do with it well i do if you need in-home service new or used parts previously loved appliances advice or stimulating conversation come on down to ed white appliance service 51 mill street south or call us at 905-885 7109, where we love to say, yes, it is worth fixing. Hi, I'm Pete Fisher. Join me and Dave Glover Fridays at 5 during the drive time for Life in the Fishbowl, right here on Northumberland 89.7. Northumberland Security has provided security solutions for over 38 years. From transponder car keys, alarm systems, surveillance systems, and handicapped door operators, they cover Pickering to Peterborough to Picton and everywhere in between. Northumberland Security prides itself on providing a comprehensive selection of personal and property protection at affordable prices with fast, courteous and reliable 24-hour service. Located at 22 King Street West, Coburg. Call 905-372-8951 or visit NorthumberlandSecurity.com, the professional security team. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant, co-host Catherine Gissing, and our guests are from Northumberland's Habitat for Humanity. We have Megan McDonald, the Executive Director, and Maggie Loken, Restore Manager. Before the break, we, Catherine, you'd asked, you'd asked what kind of items that... That Restore the, was in Desired. What, what, yeah, what, what sort of things are they typically they looking for? looking for, and, and where are we going from there? Well, we talked a little bit about a, a surprising thing to me, which was kitchen cabinets, because I think that a lot of people, when they renovate their kitchen, they don't stop to think that the old product actually still has residual value and that it might be the sort of thing they should think of for Restore. So that was that was a good thing to know. So rather than just banging things, mm -hmm. taking things apart and bashing things, to think about how they can be re reused. So that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, but there was two other points I think we wanted to cover. And, and one was, I know from my business at Sage that people are tempted to find the easiest way and the least expensive way to get rid of things. And what they stop with, they fail to consider often is that disposal has an associated cost. If you're going to get rid of something, you're either going to pay somebody to organize that and manage the process, hopefully through my company, mm -hmm. little plug for me. Yeah. But but also, there needs to be an appreciation of the fact that even if they do that themselves, there are costs associated with that. You can't just get rid of garbage without knowing that there's a cost uh, to transport it someplace. There might be a tipping cost to take it to to the local landfill. And, and one of the things that Maggie and I talked about was the cost to them as an organization when people fail to understand that. Because there are a number of, of people, and you all know who you are, who may drop things off at their drive-through and, and perhaps with the misguided belief that they'll simply take everything. Well, we've talked about the fact that they don't take just everything. Mm -hmm. It has to be something that they can reuse and something that, that there's market demand for. And if, if for some reason you don't understand that you simply drop things off, then the cost of disposal then gets transferred to Restore, whose mandate is to raise money for Habitat for Humanity. And so I just wanted to talk, bring Maggie back into the conversation briefly to talk about what happens when someone just drops things off that don't have no value to them. What happens and what's the cost associated with that? 
Unfortunately, we have to dispose of it. Um, and of course, we don't have free disposal, so we have to pay for our disposal, which takes away, unfortunately, takes away money from our the Habitat for Humanity in Northumberland. And that money could be spent towards our bill program. So this is an appeal to our listeners to do the right thing and check in with Maggie, first of all, to find out whether or not the, the items that they want to contribute are things that the store can use. Mm-hmm. And then also to understand that occasionally... Not occasionally, but also understand that when you donate items that have been approved, there's often a tax receipt. There's often a tax benefit associated with that. And I'm going to let Maggie talk about that. Yes, um, both with um, our pickups and our our drop-offs, when people come in and uh, drop off a donation, we will uh, tax receipt anything with we deem valuable over $50. And it doesn't have to be one item. It can be Let's say you drop off four chairs and we value them at $75. That's fantastic. We can issue you a tax receipt for $75. Um, Unfortunately, it's not automatic because some people just don't want receipts. But if you ask for a receipt and we we deem that your donation is over $50, we would more than be willing to issue a tax receipt. Excellent. That's fantastic. Uh, One of the things I was thinking about when we were talking before break about uh, do the partner families actually use the ReStore uh, for some of their building materials. I, I know I, at one time, I was I was hoping, I was hoping just to see the right flooring come in uh, so I could do a, a couple rooms in my home. And uh, there, I saw a lot of great flooring that I would like, but I had a bigger area and I never saw enough to do the, the two bigger rooms that I was hoping to do. Is that, is that a typical thing just to have smaller amounts of the same flooring or do you ever, do you ever find yourself with a, uh, a surplus of one particular flooring? Well, this is a perfect time to ask, ask that question. Um, we actually have a skid of flooring in. It doesn't happen a lot. Um, it's happening more, it's happening more often. Um, uh, but, uh, generally it's a smaller, you know, we mm-hmm. might get four or five boxes of something, but right now I think we're sitting on about 400 square feet of flooring. Wow. Okay. So, so it happens. It just didn't happen in, in the time I was hoping it would happen. I think I was coming in every second or third day, just no. trying to, trying to score on that flooring, but it just wasn't meant to be that time, I guess. You need to shop every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I actually have the opposite problem, Dale. Right now, I have my bathroom vanities picked out for my next three houses. Okay. <laughs> I say I say to them, I'm like, okay, so that's for my next house. I really like that one for the house after that because yeah. I like them so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm going to introduce actually a new question because we haven't talked a, a lot about the financial association between ReStore and Habitat for Humanity. And our listeners might be, be interested to understand that when Restore sells items and they generate money from that sale, that money goes back to Habitat. But it's in an interesting way because, as I understand it, it contributes to covering the operating costs of Habitat. So that as you, as a, as a donor, um, have a satisfaction of knowing that a larger percentage of your funds are going directly towards the build project. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, the Restore is our operational revenue. Um, We don't get government funding. Habitat for Humanity in Canada does not get government funding to run. Um, If we get government funding, it's specifically to build houses. That's what it's used for. So so years ago, brilliant people in Habitat came up with this concept of Restore to help be to be our social enterprise to fund our long-term operations. And I thank them all the time, those brilliant people, because it really is a it's it's a great business model for the future. And luckily, Restore hit a market that that needed to be there that wasn't that wasn't necessarily saturated. So it, it's working quite well. And you'll see a lot of other charities do that as well. That there's some sort of thrift store that helps to fund their operations. But but what I think is really the message we want people to know is that when you're donating to Habitat Restore, when you're shopping at the Restore, you are helping us to build more homes and help more families achieve that dream of homeownership. Yeah, it's a terrific model. Because even if it's going towards operations, those operations are there so that we can build more houses, so that we can accept more families, so that we can support those families successfully, right? Part of our program that people don't even realize is, and Dale knows quite a lot about this, is we have a whole family partnership element so that so that because our homeowner, our, our homeowners are often first-time homeowners, we want them to be successful homeowners. So we provide them with the tools and knowledge to be successful, 
that's what Restore supporting in addition to building the homes and all that. And that's a terrific segue to talk about how this connects with the broader real estate world. Because mm-hmm. if, I, if I step back to take a look at what are the advantages of what you're doing and how that contributes to the growth of the real estate industry in the county, I think what you're really doing is you're growing a foundation of entry-level homeowners who are then positioned to then be a contributing part of the real estate industry and move up at some point in time because they understand about mortgages and they've got that, that first solid financial footing underneath and they've learned about home ownership and then they then become candidates to move up. Yeah, how much do you see that, Megan? Um, we do see it, actually. So right now, I believe, of the 50 families we served, my num- I think we only have about 40 active mortgages. So we have at least 10 families that have moved out of the Habitat home ownership model into other types of, of living situations, often is conventional, the conventional market. The other thing that I like to really believe is that there's not a lot of, and you'll, you'll, you both will know this, there's not a lot of construction of affordable new housing units. So even if we have a family that sells an affordable housing unit and moves into the conventional market, we've actually also introduced an affordable housing unit into the market. So what we're finding is, um, so for example, on Alexandra Drive in Coburg, we've had units on their sell. So it's now a more of a mix. It's not just a habitat neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. And I love that. We want, we want mixed income neighborhoods. We want that. But what we were able to do is provide housing that was a lower cost to those people that maybe couldn't afford the $350,000 house, but were looking for something in that $200,000 range. And luckily, there's a unit that's brand new in great shape. They can purchase it. So, so when a partner family, uh, they, they, they're interested in possibly moving on and selling their uh, Habitat home, is there any first rate of refusal for Habitat? Yeah, Habitat always has the first right of refusal on the mortgage. Uh, sorry, on on the sale. So we have bought them back before, mm-hmm. but sometimes we've made the decision not to, um, and that that unit has gone out into the market. But one thing that's really important for everyone to understand is we always sell our homes at fair market value. So if no one is making a windfall profit either, right? Families are always paying the fair market value of the home when they purchase it, no matter mm-hmm. how much it cost us to build it. Mm-hmm. So when you donate to Habitat, you really are donating to Habitat and into that cycle to just keep doing and building more. So in a summary, in a summary, Megan, <laughs> what, is, there, is there any way you would, that you see Habitat, uh, it, obviously the benefits to the partner families are, are just obvious. It, it, it gives them, it gives them a, a, a fair chance to earn their way into the housing market. Uh, how do you see Habitat for Humanity benefiting the community as a whole? I think that, so I can talk about it in so many different ways, right? The mm-hmm. volunteer engagement, people making connections, all that. But I'm going to focus on real estate. I think that Habitat and the model of having affordable home ownership is key to a healthy real estate community, to a healthy community in general, right? We need to have, um, when I was talking about our rental market of 0.4%, right? So if you even look at Habitat's role in that, if we're building new affordable housing units, we are moving families out of rental into those units. So we're not building more rental, but we're at least moving families out of rental into those units so that families that are on a waiting list can get into rentals, right? So we're helping, we are always trying to recognize that we are helping to ease a little bit the strain on the rental market, but we are also introducing affordable housing into the market and we're introducing families that are now members of their community, stably housed, and stable housing is like, we we just cannot emphasize how much, once someone is housed in a stable environment, how much any other challenges they might be facing can be addressed. Mm -hmm. They're property taxpayers now, right? They're contributing to the property tax base to the community. Um, And I mean, all you have to do is drive down Alexandra Drive in Coburg or Harcourt Street in Port Hope and see the pride of ownership and how that's Mm -hmm. transformed an entire portion of our community. Yeah, for sure. Was May- that enough of a summary, Dave? Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. You 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 covered all the right things uh, for for the covering the value, real estate wise of Habitat for Humanity. I'm just wondering, Maggie. Also, 
with the new store, have you seen more traffic come in? Are you seeing more people since it's a more visible and, and the parking is great? I mean, absolutely uh, amazing parking there. Yes. Uh, comp- comp- it was okay in the old store, but yeah. uh, no, it wasn't. It, well, okay. <laughs> So uh, are you seeing more people shop Absolutely, there? Yeah. yes, yes. We, we've got, oh, I mean, our numbers are amazing. I'm, we're tracking. Um, I, would, I would like to say double, but we're pretty close. You know, we're, wow. you know we've that got is a lot a, of customers coming through the store. That's a worthwhile yeah. move then. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No regrets at and all. And our donations have picked up yeah. just. Yes, yes. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, Catherine, do you, do you have another question? Because we're really coming to the end here already well you know i don't know if i have another a number i don't think i have another question uh, which will shock my family and i know they're listening <laughs> <laughs> but i i do have um an appeal to our community and, and that's to take the time to get to know more about habitat if you're interested in contributing to the community understand that you don't need a background in construction. You just have to have a willingness to contribute your your sweat equity, your labor to the organization. So it, it sounds like fun at the very least. You learn new skills, which is always a great thing. Mm-hmm. You're part of a um, this whole energy within the community where you're giving back to a community that you live in. It's, it's a wonderful program. So I would encourage our listeners to take a look at the website, think about becoming a volunteer in any way that's meaningful meaningful and, and, and able for them. And then secondly, my second appeal is Restore is such a great location and they do such wonderful work. And Sage, my company, uses it on a regular basis as often as we can as a location for things that we're trying to find new homes for. And so I encourage our listeners to go out and take a look at it. Think of it as a depot for places that they're trying for. Think of it as a depot for not just building materials, but as Maggie pointed out, there is a wider a wider portfolio of things mm-hmm. than you might even expect, and they do change on a daily basis. So if, if you've got furniture, and most of the clients that we deal with have furniture. Think of it as a place for your dining room suite or your cabinet that you're no longer able to use or enjoy, but you know know that there is a family in the community that would love to have it and restore is your channel for handling it. So number one, <clears throat> to our listeners, investigate Habitat. Number two, get to know Restore and become regular visitors because it does change on a daily basis. And understand that it is part of the fabric of the real estate community in our county. Well, you didn't let your family down with your appeal. <laughs> <laughs> So, Maggie, one last question. Store hours. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Our store, um, we're open six days a week, Monday to Saturday, and we're open from 9.30 till 5.30. Perfect. Well, Megan, Maggie, thank you so much for being on the show. Great show. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really informative. And Catherine, Thank you again for joining me. Uh, we get together once a month. You you bring always great guests, great topics, uh, another fantastic show for the community. Thanks, Dale. Always a pleasure to come in. And so, Catherine, if people are interested in home staging, downsizing, relo- general relocation, or move management services, how can they get in touch with you? Well, the easiest thing is to call me directly at 905-717-3624 or check out the website. The website's a really good source of information about the services and you can contact, contact me through that as well. And it's sagerelocation.com. There is a dash between sage and relocation, so you have to bring your, yeah, you, you have to think about it a little bit. Yeah. But it's it's an easy way to get more information. It's easy to find. So, folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show, or for any other real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at nine zero five. 372-2391 and leave me a message. Don't forget to join us next week. I'm Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join me next Thursday morning from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks. Hello, friends.